0: thursday afternoon to you hope you're having a great day and are able to avoid the snow that is coming down outside thanks for joining us on sports for cle plenty to talk about a little later in the show sam Amico from hoopswire.com will join us talk plenty of calves trade deadline one week from tonight Tonight, the All-Star Reserves will be named for the East and the Western Conference as well. But we can begin by talking Browns with Mark Munch-Bishop, 1350 AM, the Gambler News Radio, WTAM 1100. Um, We are going to head to the voicemail of Truth and Reason to get things kicked off. uh, This one about Baker Mayfield.
1: So will the Browns keep Baker Mayfield or let him go this offseason? That's my question.
2: All
0: right. As always, we appreciate uh, the voicemails, the truth and reason. We encourage you to to get a hold of us. See the number below. Mark Munch Bishop. Uh, let's welcome Mark in. Uh, when you look at this Munch, um, it's a tough question. Um, quarterback play needs to improve. I don't think there is going to be a veteran that is a realistic possibility for the Browns, and we'll get into that in just a minute. Um, if if you made me bet, I'd bet, Baker Mayfield is your starting quarterback week one for the Cleveland Browns.
3: If uh, I'm betting as an entertainment only, correct, an entertainment versus only, Baker Mayfield will be the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns week one in this season. I do feel that uh, he'll be around. I feel that uh, he'll stick around. Now, you know, nothing is owed to anyone. You can say, well, much uh, look how he played last year. He didn't play good last year. He also should not have been playing last year, and that's a whole other discussion that we have. But the bottom line is yes, he will be their quarterback
0: next year, David. Yeah, I, I would agree. And um, and again, let's see, uh, he's got a lot to play for because um, they can still he can still earn the big money contract that um, a lot of people thought he was playing for uh, this year. So we have said we think Baker Mayfield's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, an interesting thing: ESPN simulated the starting quarterback changes, projecting trade offers, free agent deals, draft picks. For 2022 so this is according to espn.com so they had the browns offering baker mayfield this year's first round pick a 2023 first round pick to the seattle seahawks for russell wilson Munch, would you do that trade <laughs> so baker but you know what this year's first next year's first for russell wilson
3: well i love russell wilson and I was going to say, the kid's a winner. He's no longer a kid. That is why I don't make that trade, okay? David, I will flashback. I'll never forget him. Wisconsin coming into Ohio Stadium. Braxton Miller leads the Buckeyes in an unbelievable uh, drive to go ahead in the game. You know, probably a minute and some change left in the game. Russell Wilson, helmet on the back of his head. Walking around shaking everybody on offense's hands, saying, "Let's go, let's do it. We're gonna get it done." He did not get it done, but he was a special player. He's a winner. There's no doubt about it. But I'm gonna tell you something, my friend. To give up what you just mentioned, and not just Baker, but the draft choices for a six foot, six foot tall quarterback who's 33 years old, and to me, it's an old 33. No, I do not do it.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm very tempted by that, but. I think I'm with you. I think the cost is is prohibitively high. They had the Seahawks rejecting that um, and Baker Mayfield being the Browns starting quarterback uh, next year in the simulations. I want to look at another one of these simulations that they had. They had the Washington football team, the Washington now commanders, formerly the Washington football team. So they had the commanders offering 2022 first round pick, which is number 11, a 2023 conditional fourth rounder for the Las Vegas Raiders and the Raiders accepting that. So 2022 first rounder at 11 and a conditional fourth rounder for Carr. And Munch, if I'm the Browns and the commanders accept a a first round pick, number 13, and then a conditional fourth round pick the following year, i probably make that trade for Derek Carr, to be honest with you. What, what are your thoughts on that? I, I, I like Carr. I think Carr's an upgrade.
3: I want people to know we did not discuss this ahead of time, okay? And uh, no, Derek Carr, to me, would be a big upgrade. I have to tell you this. If you're looking to at uh, the former coach, of course, of uh, uh, the Las Vegas Rangers, Rich Versace, the job he did. The job Derek Carr did, much maligned, under fire, he was a bright spot, a stabilizing spot, a leader on that football team. Uh, you lose your leading receiver. Well, he just found some other guys that he could use. Really? Come on, offensively, to weapons, they were a little bit more than pedestrian. Okay, I will say that in a big, big way, except for Waller, the tight end. Derek Carr could be my quarterback any day, especially in the AFC North.
0: And the one thing I really like about him, the way I judge guys, at the quarterback position. If you are a playoff team, what does he do in the fourth quarter game on the line ball in his hands more times than not Derek Carr comes through and those as Browns fans found out in that, that game where the, the, the team was ravaged by COVID, but Carr did it to the Browns. David, I want to add
3: this, and I'm so glad you said that. One of the most shocking things to me last weekend in the NFL playoff games, two quarterbacks, who are known to be, hey, you know what? So it's pouring rain. I don't have a raincoat. That's okay. Skin is waterproof, okay? Letting water run off their back like a duck. Two quarterbacks who I would have in a heartbeat to lead my team downfield for a game winning drive. Well, both of them faltered last weekend. Number one, Patrick Mahomes. You have first and goal against the Bengals and you cannot score a touchdown in fact you go backwards 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 scrambling with no rhyme or reason I mean that was somewhat silly and in the overtime he was just not good in any way shape or form now Jimmy Garoppolo say what you will about Jimmy his whole career I've watched it if you want a field goal you want a touchdown to tie a game or go ahead and win he's a guy too and his last series was horrendous that's just something to talk about and how many times this year we say okay Baker you got the ball, one last drive to win this game, and it didn't happen. To have a quarterback that you trust, you could put that on his shoulders. Oh my gosh! Put it this way, I'd sleep better at night.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I uh, when you when you mention that, I, I'm gonna. I, I, this has been a recurring thing with me with the Browns. They need to upgrade the wide receiver position. They need to upgrade the wide receiver position, and and we'll get into that um, more, but whomever is quarterback, Baker Mayfield or anybody, they gotta give him somebody that makes his job a little easier. And right now, the Browns don't have a wide receiver um that makes the quarterback makes his job easy. Everything's tough with the Browns offense and their wide receiving core.
3: I'm gonna say this, even tight end wise, Austin Hooper, like the guy he's even a disappointment gets you football. Okay. Everybody wants to put David Njoku on a pedestal. I still don't trust him to catch a ball. In fact, very little was said about a touchdown he dropped in New England. Why did he drop it? Because he started to do his freaking ridiculous Sky chief dance before he secured the ball, okay? I don't trust him either. And when you look at the other guys, I mean, DPJ is the number one? Oh, come on. You know what? If there's going to be contact, he's not going to catch that football. Bottom line is this, and David, this is harsh, but there is not a wide receiver on the Browns, except for Jarvis Landry. He had some trouble this year too. That would even make the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: Yeah, I could I could see where you would argue that. I I can't argue that. All right, uh, move on to something a little more cheery with our Browns. Um, Denzel Ward, <laughs> Nick Chubb, uh, getting ready for the Pro Bowl skills competition, which will be tonight. Uh, you see them together out at the Pro Bowl, getting ready. Uh, Again, the the skills competition, these are all kind of made for TV and uh, events. Uh, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson will also be competing in the skills competition. Um, Two of the quarterbacks that I'm sure, Andrew Barry and the Browns, will be kicking the tires on. They have to do that. Uh, But again, Browns, a lot of guys getting ready uh, to play in the Pro Bowl, which is a nice honor for them. You
3: know, it's interesting because the Pro Bowl is an honor. I am more interested in somebody being an all pro than a pro bowler because there are times you're in the pro bowl because of uh, what five or six guys ahead of you can't play or don't want to play and so all of a sudden something hurts them okay but no it it really is you're being honored by your peers and uh you know you you get a free vacation the guys used to love it actually when it was in Hawaii because they got to take extended families with them too but the bottom line is just to have guys recognized, as a Nick Chubb should, is an honor, no doubt about it.
0: Mark Munch-Bishop from 1350 AM, The Gambler News Radio, WTAM 1100. And i are going to step aside, take a quick time out. On the other side of the break, we continue talking Browns. Uh, we'll hear... Hugh Jackson kind of qualifies some of the comments he made about the Browns and tanking. Plus, we had back to the voicemail of truth and reason about Baker Mayfield. Sports for CLE will
4: continue talking Browns. Stay with us. Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to try-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes.
5: Try-C is where futures begin. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At The Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original. The Original Mattress Factory.
0: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. We continue talking Browns here on Sports for CLE with Mark Munch Bishop from 1350 AM The Gambler, as well as News Radio WTAM 1100. Well, yesterday, Hugh Jackson made some news by saying uh, that the Browns encouraged him, uh, the Browns and Jimmy Haslam encouraged him not to win, to tank, if you will, when he was uh, the Browns head coach yesterday. Uh, he kind of clarified that a little bit when interviewed on ESPN.
6: Team at the top.
4: You mentioned Jimmy. Of course, you're referring to the owner, Jimmy
2: Haslam. Were you explicitly approached by ownership or anyone in the front office to tank and that you would be incentivized for it?
6: Uh, This is what I would say. Um, What I was approached by is understanding what that four year plan was. And I think if we understood the mechanics of it and how it was laid out, I never knew that that plan would lead to those things because I didn't understand it, being very honest. Uh, And then once I was in it and understood everything that was on that plan and how it affected myself and how others were being paid from it, then it made sense to me that this is a team that can't win, that the first two years, that's why I didn't talk about winning, is not to win so that you can capitalize that way, not so much for me but for draft picks, for uh, creating salary cap space so that they can do what they needed to do on the other end. And I do know that no head coach is gonna survive if you lose a lot of games. You just, there's no way. And so I was put out as the face of this and I I ended up having to take this.
0: Um, Much there's a, a drastic difference in being told, I will pay you to go and coach to lose games And saying, you know, well, we're going young, we're going cheap, we're going this, and go be competitive with this. Two two very different things. And it seems right there Hugh kind of does a 180 from saying Jimmy Haslam told him to tank.
3: Thank you, David. You know what? Number one, Hugh Jackson has no credibility. I'm just gonna say that. Number two, Hugh Jackson was a horrible head football coach. Number three. He was asked a question directly and did not answer it. Were you, or were you not offered money? He gave what a yes or no, yes or no answer kind of thing? No, he wasn't. Here's the thing though. Jimmy Haslam is a big time businessman, okay? I do question his scruples with those other businesses when you have, what, uh, on the low end, 50 people plead guilty to felonies, okay, with uh, the trucking business. But the bottom line is this, Sashi Brown, and we have to say it, Andrew Barry, Andrew Barry, and Baldy podesta the, the trio of thieves, as I call them. They had no idea what they were doing in any way, shape, or form. So you did not have to pay the coach to lose because the team they assembled was so horrific and would continue to be horrific as Sashi remained in place. You did not have to pay anybody to lose. You were not going to win with that team. You were not going to win letting veterans walk like a Mitchell Schwartz, and, and just uh, insulting him by pulling a contract off the table that, was going to sign and for your draft choices trading a shot to get Deshaun Watson for uh Njoku and Peppers in the first round please you know my reflux is going to act up I can go on and on taking Corey Coleman because the computer said he was the best guy there no you know what your computer is and coach Sam told me this a while back which your analytics are for draft day here and in your heart and some of it too in your gut. Okay. That's what your analytics, are. Yeah. He didn't need to pay because they were going to fail, no matter how hard they tried. And I'm not even sure if they were trying because I don't know what F they went down.
0: Right. And again, it's very, what he said it has some validity to it there. Just the way that team was assembled, but they didn't pay him to lose. That's very different than what Thank Brian you. Flores was saying that the dolphins did. So again, it, it, Hugh was one, you know, the, the one in 31. Man, won't that just go away? I, I, the, the, let's forget about that. Every time we think it's in the rearview mirror, Hugh Jackson comes and says, "Eh, hey, well, this happened when I was with the Browns.
6: David,
3: I want to add this too. And again, Hugh did some decent things charity wise. Most of the guys do. The Haslams do today because it's what all the owners do, okay? But something that struck me you have a Hall of Fame manager. In the same city with you. And I'm sure there's some type of bond with JV Bickerstaff, with Kevin Stefanski, with Terry Francona, with Tito. But the bottom line is, you just remember his last name is Francona, not Frankola, okay? Mr. Jarson, Jarkson or whatever it is. All
0: right. <laughs> Let's head back to the voicemail of truth and reason. Uh, this one uh, about the quarterback, Baker Mayfield, and the offense.
1: I'm just calling. I, I think uh, people were giving up on Baker too soon. Um, I look at the Super Bowl coming up, and could you imagine either team uh, playing in the Super Bowl where they would wind up if they had our receiving core? Um, I think we just need some good receivers and uh, keep up the good work and and build on our defense. And um, I'd just like to hear what you got to say about it, sir. Have a good day.
0: All right. uh, Appreciate the phone call. I agree. Um, I I still don't know part of Baker's struggles were definitely the shoulder, the injury, part of them. He just didn't play well. There were things that were not injury related that he didn't do well. And part of them were, I think the wide receiving core horribly underperformed from what everybody, including myself thought it was going to be, you know, Odell Beckham jr. Didn't want to be here. That's pretty much, you know, we, we have found that out. And to be honest with you, he kind of played like it. You
3: know, Odell Beckham Jr. is a I'm going to say it, generational talent. For me not to say that, I, I, I'd be lying to you. I'd be doing the folks that uh, enjoy the show as I do a disservice, okay? Boy, he is a special player. You saw what he could do in the Dallas Cowboys game. And you saw what he could do in how many other games, okay? Right from the get-go, you saw. And again, some people shrug it off saying, no, he's showtime, baby. No, this is showtime. David Bacon brings showtime to the table each and every day he does this show because he's prepped and ready to go. He's the steak. If the sizzle's there, then so be it, okay? Odell wanted to be the sizzle too. He came out with his clown shoes. You know what? Pat him on the back, say, I like your shoes. Now go back in the locker room. They stay there. If you stay in them, they don't come back out. With his watch the first time through too, okay? Comes running out with his watch saying, hey, very cool watch okay now take it back in and if you want to keep your watch on you stay in with the two. that's the dang sad thing about it is he is a talent he can get the things done and David I flash back to the second ball that was thrown to him with the LA Rams this year the first one from Stafford was a completion the second one was downfield or well, they went deep they stretched and it was intercepted when they got back to the bench Stafford looked at him with their hands out like what the heck are you doing and OBJ went like that, and said no, and wagged his finger at him, said you were supposed to go this way. And guess what? Since that moment, because he was called out and told, no, nah, if you want to be here, you're going to be out here. You're going to have to run routes the way we run routes. That's specified where the play. Bingo. That's when he started doing. it. No, the guy is a talent. The team was better with him
0: if, indeed, he desired to play. Yeah, I, I I agree. I, I think he is a, a good wide receiver. All right, um, mm-hmm. let me ask you this: What do the Browns need to do to compete with the top teams in the AFC? What are they? How far away do you think they are? What do they need to change?
3: You know, they're not far at all. They are not far at all. We don't number one. I'm going to say this. Now we're going to talk about talent on the field too. Number one, they got to get their heads out of you know where. Don't be telling us in August, and this was from Jarvis Landry, oh, we're going to the Super Bowl. Oh, my gosh, that was the kiss of death right there. Don't get destroyed by the New England Patriots, okay, if you're Anthony Walker and say that we're a playoff team. Wait a minute. Would you just get beat by five touchdowns, okay? So knock that stuff off, okay? Play like Kevin Stefanski said. He might be boring. I might be boring. Play to win the next game and then move on to the next one. So attitude is part of it. Number two is you got to get some high character guys on this team most of them are the ones that aren't some of them are very young how could you be going out and partying when you're on percussion protocol then you turn around and get COVID okay and there, there are more instances than that so that is something there the culture has not changed no matter what they say about that okay number two what you have to do is you've got to get good quarterback play most important position in any sport number three you need to get guys that will catch the football that you can count on and trust but you know what else we're not talking about you have to have coaching That's not afraid to put the foot back down on the pedal in the second half, to try some things. If things don't work in the first half, what is the definition of insanity? We know what it is. I understand being a head football coach. You have to be stubborn at times and you just know it's going to work. You can be stubborn with Nick Chubb. you know, sooner than later, not later than sooner. He's going to break a big, big run. That's why he needs to be in the game as much as possible, especially in crunch time. But boy, for a team that everybody told us was going to the Super Bowl. I just gave you a pretty steady menu. I gave you a hearty menu there. I gave you the buffet of things that they need to do.
0: All right. Uh, before we go to break, let's take a look at Chris Trapasso's mock draft. This is from cbssports.com. He has the Browns taking a wide receiver at number one, Traylon Burks with the 13th pick, a yard after the catch type receiver. Some A.J. Brown to his game deceptively fast. And a real challenge to bring to the turf, 6'3", big-bodied wide receiver. Um, again, sounds like the kind of wide receiver that will make some things much easier for the quarterback. I'm, I'm all in. Um, I think they need to take a quarterback, probably 13th, and I think they probably need to sign a pretty significant one in free agent. That's how much I think they need to upgrade the wide receiver room.
3: You know what go for one in free agency but also you need the draft on with that first choice in the draft uh on what uh what a few months from now okay one thing i want to talk about Burks too the young man from arkansas is that think about this and i'm not trying to test anybody cause i don't know the answer offhand who's the arkansas quarterback I don't know but he had 66 catches no. last year Bro, think about this 66 catches is nothing to sneeze at in college football especially on an offense I'm sure that uh, was run run heavy I mean that's a pretty good thing uh, the one thing I will ask though if we do if, the, if he is the guy that the Browns go after and sure I'd like Olave, sure I'd like Wilson sure I'd like Bell from Purdue will they be around but I also want a bigger guy a bigger target who can go out and fight for the ball the one thing though if indeed he's the guy. David, you'll agree with me. He's not allowed to chant Wu-Pig suey," okay?
0: <laughs> not in Cleveland. That does not play in the dog pound. Let's let's just say that. Um, Mark Munch Bishop and I are going to step aside, take a quick timeout. Uh, we head back to the voicemail of truth and reason. Um, a couple more uh, about the quarterback position, what the Browns should do there. Sports for CLE will continue talking Browns when we return. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education, where stars shine. Mark March bishop and I continue talking Browns. It's time to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason, uh, this one, about the quarterback position.
2: Yeah, this is Mandela Moore. And uh, what's up, Dave, by the way? But uh, I've been thinking, what if the Browns want to try to draft the quarterback and hitting-for-a-year method, like the Chiefs or a couple of other successful teams we know of, and they draft Malik Willis with that 13 overall pick, if he's still there, and then they try to go for, like, a receiver like Christian Watson. I've just been watching a little bit of a Christian Watson's film, and he do got a spark to him, and I just was really wondering what you and you, your guys' opinion will be on.
0: All right. We appreciate uh, all of the voicemails. Um, I I don't think Malik Willis will be there. I think someone will – I think he's going to be the guy that kind of shoots up and um, – ends up getting drafted in the top 10. Um, somebody may even trade in to, to try to get him. I think he has the kind of skill set that is in vogue now. You know, he's a, he's a guy that can throw the ball. He is really good at getting outside the pocket and throwing on the run. Um, if he played at a bigger school other than Liberty, um, a lot more people would know about him. Um, I don't know if the Browns can use the 13th pick overall on a quarterback. Um, I think they're close enough that you, and, and they need enough help at some key positions. Um, I know some people that don't think much they're going to take a receiver. I think some people think, uh, I, and, and I've seen some people think they're going to go D line. Um, and, and I know they need to fortify the defensive line, but I, to me, that wide receiver position is glaring. Uh, They need to upgrade that significantly.
3: David, let's hope that the Browns rain trust do not try to be the smartest man in the room, okay? Go with the flow. What did the, I just want to remind you something. What did the Bengals do this year with the number one? Everybody said they screwed up, okay? I'll hang up and listen, (laughs) just to joke on that. Think about that, okay? Now, do the Bengals need linemen? They certainly do, but did you notice bangles line pulled together pretty good against kc and while joe burrow was being interviewed nationally after the game he made sure excuse me you know that he would say you know to uh, Aaron erin say you know call the lineman over one at a time and give him a hug they took pretty good care of him no you need weapons you need a wide receiver and yes defensive line must be fortified david every in the last three four years we're told we have depth at defensive tackle there is no depth at defensive tackle. And here's what's amazing, too, about Cincy, a guy who I thought was subpar a year ago for the Browns, Larry Joby, Granted, he got hurt. He was their main run stuffer. What does that tell you? Did he have better talent around him than Miles Garrett at an end and uh, Hendrickson and Hubbard? I would think not, but apparently he did. So, no, no, no. Get the weapon. You've got to get the weapon. I will say this about uh, Malik, the uh, Wilson we're talking about. Do you know who likes him in a big, big way? The people just to the southeast, my friend, that have a steel emblem, uh, emblem on their yeah. helmets. I was told by reporters embedded with the Steelers that, yeah, you know it too, that they prefer him over Kenny Pickett. I know some people in Pittsburgh are going to say, well, well, you can't do that. It's sacrilegious. No, you know what you got to do? Win and replace a quarterback.
0: Yeah, I, I, when you watch him, the, the skill set is there. I, I think he's going to be. I think Malik Willis is going to be the guy that kind of shoots up draft boards, and you hope he ends up in a situation where he can develop not Pittsburgh.
4: <laughs> that's,
0: that's the last thing you need to see is another guy like that uh, in the AFC North. All right, um, we're going to head back to the voicemail of Truth and Reason, uh, this one about the receiving position.
1: Hi, James Tyler here. Um, you know, as you know, the last three drafts, there's been somebody that's dropped from the first round into the second round, and the Browns have grabbed them up because of injury concerns or whatever. You know, Greedy Williams, um, Grant Delpit, J.O.K. What well, the Browns grabbed up their first-round pick is, is one of the stud receivers they need. Say, Garrett Wilson, for example. And one of the other two receivers that are supposed to be sure first-rounders drops into the second round because of the injury concerns, and they end up with uh, Jamison Williams or um, I can't think of the other guy's name. I think it's Drake um, with the ankle injury. But do you think the Browns might double-dip in the receiver pull? Hey, thank you very much. I was just wondering what your thoughts were. You have a great day.
0: All right. uh, Well thought out. Uh, And it is Drake London who he was referring to, big body guy from um, USC. Um, Here's what I would say. It'll depend on what they do in free agency. So they'll know going into the draft if they sign. I think with with what they have and how close I think they are, I think they need a veteran guy that, you know, if he's not one, he's a one a um, they need a young guy that they think can ascend and, and take on the leadership role and they need i think that 13th overall pick to be a playmaker you need two guys that are playmakers um, that you can add to that room um, the other the other area that you got to watch out for is defensive lines so they'll either address one heavily in free agency the other heavily in the draft or they'll do it um, wide receiver in free agency in the draft as well
3: when you look at the wide receivers uh, free agency wise, does anybody really like you know knock you out in a big boy? I'll tell you something. You may not like his attitude, but if it weakens our opponents on down the line, you know, take a look at Juju. Just uh, make sure that hey, you know what, you're gonna be getting the football and you're gonna be the number one because they do not have a number one wide receiver right now. Jarvis is a great wide receiver. However, however, he's a slot guy. Okay don't try to put them somewhere else in a big big way you know looking around at the receivers here it's like who really jumps out to me Juju we saw Christian Kirk was able to run around a bit for uh, Kyler Murray Uh, Godwin played pretty good uh, Jacoby Myers but the bottom line is really it's not a list that's going to make you jump uh, up and down and do cartwheels as uh, you're looking at it so once again get a free agent get a guy at 13 but what the caller to the voicemail of truth, the reason just said, tell you, it's a weak spot of the team. And David, you just said it too. They need two wide receivers. They really do. They need two wide receivers on this football team.
0: They need guys that threaten the defense right now. You have Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is the only guy that really, you know, the defense wants to know, man, where where's Chubb? How often is he getting the ball? He threatens the defense. You need a couple of guys that threaten the defense in the passing game, I think much um, when you look at that, do you think there's any other thing other than wide receiver that the Browns do um, with that 13th overall pick? Would you be surprised if they don't go wide receiver? I would be, yeah, um, I, and yeah. let me ask you this as well. How much confidence do you have in Andrew Berry? I mean, every both years that he's been in charge, the last two years, everything that he has done, both in free agency and the draft, it's kind of made sense to me and that's the first time that's happened in a long time.
3: Here's the thing and again love it when you put me on the spot okay uh and I know that Terry Pluto would be scolding me right now he goes Barry with Sashi was a different animal forget about it I can't I can't forget about it because they destroyed this franchise and destroyed the team Andrew drove the giveaway car yeah most of the things he did make sense now you could look at some of the choices and you're like okay anthony schwartz was a detriment to this team last year that's just one guy you know but the bottom line is most of the moves have worked out that's what i'm saying this team was too good to finish eight and nine so who do we put that on injuries every team had injuries COVID. every team had COVID, and they seem to transcend that okay but no if a receiver at 13 i would be horrified unless a lineman like read from Georgia would fall to them in a big, big way. And don't buy the hype of some of these other guys that were at the Heisman Trophy thing because they're one-trick ponies and they're not going to make. It.
0: Mark Munch Bishop, 1350 AM, The Gambler News Radio, WTAM 1100. Munch, as always, man, thanks so much for the time and the insight. I enjoyed it. Thanks very much. It is my pleasure. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing and seeing you and Sam here shortly. All right, Mark Munch Bishop, make sure you listen to him. WTM News Radio Radio, 1350 AM, The Gambler. Uh, we're going to step aside, and as Munch mentioned, we're going to be joined by Sam Amico from hoopswire.com. We turn our attention to the Cavaliers. One of the surprises in the NBA, trying to battle their way to the top of the Eastern Conference. Sports for CLE, talking Cavs when we return.
4: Life is getting back on track, and you can too. If you or your family have experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Safely get the in-demand degree or training you need with online and on-campus classes. Go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. So, what are you waiting for? Register now for spring classes. Tri-C is where futures begin.
0: The Ohio Lottery Partners in Education program recognizes role model students and teachers from across Ohio. Nominations can now be done completely online. To nominate a deserving teacher or student, go to ohiolottery.com. In the About section, find Partners in Education. There you will find links to the nomination forms. Students, kindergarten through 12th grade, can be academic all-stars. Teachers can be honored as a Teacher of the Month. The Ohio Lottery Partners
6: in Education,
0: where stars shine.
5: I am powerful beyond my wildest imagination.
6: I will define my future.
5: I will keep challenging myself
2: to improve. Because I am a future leader of this great nation. I will be
6: responsible for raising a beautiful family. And educating not only my generation, but many more to come. I will make a difference in my community.
5: And I will stand up for what I believe in. I will not settle for simply chasing my dreams. I will achieve them.
6: Because I was given a chance.
5: An opportunity. A home.
6: At Family, Career, and Community Leaders of America.
5: The ultimate leadership experience.
6: FCCLA has been one of the greatest experiences of my life.
5: It's made me
3: who I am today.
6: Join us. We'll build a new future together.
0: We turn our attention to the Cavaliers 31-21 on the year. A couple games behind uh, the division or conference leaders in the Eastern Conference. Let's welcome in Sam Amico from HoopsWire.com. Sam, it's uh, it's been a bit of a tough stretch for the Cavs. Um, a couple of tough losses, um, a little banged up. What have you noticed um, that, that has been, uh, you know, the struggles they've had the last three games? One of them they won, two of them they lost
7: biggest thing to me has been, uh, you know, just kind of the defense hasn't been quite as intense as it had been earlier this season. Uh, they seem to, you know, these are the dog days of the NBA season. Everybody's kind of waiting for the NBA trade deadline. Everybody's waiting for the All-Star game. It's cold and ugly outside. In most places when you're traveling to games, there's not a lot for the players to do. There's not much buzz. Uh, Right now, if you're a player to get excited about at this time of year, February and March can can be a difficult time in the NBA historically for the players to stay motivated. And that's especially true of young teams like the Cavaliers, uh, you know, and then you throw in the injuries to uh, Laurie Markinen and especially to Darius Garland the past couple of games. There's just been a lot working against them. Uh, at this point as a younger team. But I I think J.B. Bickerstaff alluded to this. Sometimes the effort has not been what it was at the beginning of the season. Sometimes they're not playing quote unquote Cavaliers basketball. And that's a lot of scrap, a lot of grit, a lot of belief in what they're doing. Those things have not been on display for a full 48 minutes of these past three games starting with that bad loss Sunday in Detroit even against the Pelicans and that win at home uh, and and then of course the loss to the lowly Houston Rockets uh, all three of those games are a little bit concerning and much of it has to do with the defensive side of the ball
0: you mentioned um, Garland they look really different when he's not on the court I mean They, the offense, I don't, I won't say it looks lost, but it almost looks lost without Carlin running it.
7: Yeah. Brandon Goodwin has done a nice job uh, for the most part, although he's really, you know, I mean, he's a, he's a backup who's you have to use as a starter. He's really probably uh, between second or third uh, point guard at at this level of his career. So, um, you know, when you lose a guy like Darius Garland and Rondo has not, obviously, they knew coming in he wasn't going to be the scorer that Ricky Rubio was. An average 13 and a half points a game. Um, he's at the stage of his career where he was worth a gamble when you made the trade because you didn't really give up anything to get Rondo, but he's just not been, at least to this point, when healthy. A great fit and a lot of that's because of his lack of an outside shot defenders can play off of him that hurts him when it comes to creating for others because he can't penetrate because they're all kind of packing it in when he has the ball so yeah I mean Darius Garland you're talking about an all-star point guard now whether or not he makes the all-star team is beside the point but he's playing at an all-star level and he's been the Cavs best player especially was uh, their best player in January. When you remove that guy who has the keys to the offense, yeah, your offense is going to sputter. And when your offense sputters, it makes it real easy human nature to not play defense with as much energy. So that's where they are right now without him. While he's not going to be a lockdown defender, he gets the other guys feeling energetic because they're getting a lot of shots or good shots and the Cavs are scoring and the offense is flowing. So without him, obviously uh, that's a, that's a big, big loss. As is Mark. And when it comes to defending in the paint, you know, there's, there's one of your three, seven footers or about seven footers who aren't there to create havoc in the paint. So that causes issues as well. And we're talking
0: about, you know, the, the calf struggles and let's look at it. Young team without question, missing Sexton, missing uh, Garland, Markinen and uh, missing Ricky Rubio. So four guys from their probably rotation of nine at the beginning of the year have missed significant time, and yet they're, what, two games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. So all is not lost, but it, it, it is a little concerning without question. But it, they have been beat up, and, and, you know, Garland is the guy, though, that they need him on the court to make it work, it looks like.
7: You hit the nail on the head, Dave. It's it's concerning, but it's not panic time yet. Far from it. Uh, they've been proving doubters wrong all season, and despite their struggles, the good news is, you know, the Nets keep losing. Uh, the Heat have lost a couple of games in there, and you know, Philadelphia lost to the Wizards at home. So that goes again back to what I said about this kind of being the dog days of the season. When you're favored to go in some of these games, you end up thinking, well, we're gonna win the game because we're favored on paper. And that comes back to bite you. So, you know, all you can take from this is they're still right where they were a couple weeks ago when they were playing really well. And a lot of that is thanks to circumstance uh, and there's still time to get it corrected. There's still time to add pieces and add help and, uh, you know, you're learning lessons at this time of year. And like you said, look at all the guys they've lost. When you talk about, you know, Sexton and Rubio and Garland and Markin, and they lost Isaac Okoro for a big stretch, you know, and and Evan Mobley was out with, with an elbow sprain. Jared Allen has had a couple of times where he's been in, in and out of the lineup. So yeah, it's, you know, you, they've overcome a lot and, this is just another obstacle that they they need to overcome, and they've proven that they can do it. So what, what's important now is that they start playing well, win or lose, and play like they've been playing all season leading up to this week, because then you start feeling good about yourself, you start believing again, and you turn it around and, you know, as quickly as you snap your fingers. So uh, they just need to get a good game under their belt, and, and they'll be right back on the right track, I'm sure.
0: All right, let's take a look. This is from NBA.com. Player impact estimate, um, and um, they list them one through six. So um, Jokic is listed at number one, and you see it's 23.5. Embiid, Giannis, Doncic, Rudy Gobert, and look at Kevin Love, sixth in the league. So uh, that kind of shows you how important uh, Kevin Love has, be, has been um, this season. And, and that's a guy um, with everybody, you know, that's been banged up in the young team
7: that has really come through and, and is playing really well. At the beginning of the season, I know I, and a lot of others had said his career's probably over. It's almost definitely over in Cleveland. The only problem was at the time you thought they're not going to be able to trade him. And you thought because of his contract and, you know, he's not going to produce, they're going to be stuck with him for a little bit while well, he has turned that narrative on and, on its ear with his with his play, and he's just been everything they hoped and knew really that he could become. And I don't know whether Kobe Altman or or Coach Bickerstaff or whoever sat him down and said, "Look, this is an opportunity. Everybody has written you off, including Jerry Calangelo, the head of U.S. basketball at the Olympic trials when you got cut." after they invited you you got cut and jerry colangelo kind of ripped him and said he was out of shape it was a mistake inviting him this was an opportunity for kevin love to make something again of himself a, a, a great player younger in during his younger years and now in this second phase of his career i would say he's really enjoying himself more than at least as much as any time Uh, As he's been in Cleveland, and that includes the year he won a title, he's having a lot of fun. It's showing on the court. He's doing everything that they ask. He's coming off the bench, even when they miss Mobley. You know, Mobley's not playing, or Allen's not playing, or or not playing. Kevin Love still, they still bring him off the bench because he's very comfortable in that role. He's been playing extremely well in that role. And uh, he is a huge reason for this team's success this year, which is something we all thought we wouldn't be saying uh, in February.
0: Yeah, I, I'm. I'm with you. I was. I was uh, on that train as well. Sam Amico from HoopsWire.com, and I'm going to step aside, take a quick time out on the other side of the break. Turn our attention to the trade deadline, just a week away. Will the Cavs be active? How active will they be? Sports for CLE continues talking Cavs with Sam Amico. Stay with us.
4: Life is getting back on track and so is the job market. Be ready with the training you'll need to get a great job. If you or your family has experienced financial hardship as a result of COVID-19, Tri-C can help with tuition assistance. Whether you want to improve your skills, get certified or train for a new career, go to tri-c.edu to check out our programs and resources. Register now for online and on-campus classes. Tri-C is where futures begin.
0: We continue talking Cavs basketball with Sam Miko from HoopsWire.com. NBA trade deadline a week from today, so next Thursday. Sam, let me ask you this. How active or how convinced are you that the Cavs will be active uh, at the trade deadline um, a week away?
7: I'm 100% convinced that they're going to be active. Uh, they're active right now, you know, you, obviously every GM is kind of like if anybody saw the movie Moneyball uh, with Brad Pitt in it as Billy Bean, the Oakland A's GM, you know, on the phone with one GM, putting him on hold, grabbing the phone to talk to another GM at the same time. That's pretty much Kobe Altman's life right now. That's probably every NBA GM's life right now all the way until next Thursday, which is the trade deadline at 3 p.m. Eastern. So... Uh, There's a lot of activity going on. Look, the Cavs know they need some backcourt scoring help. Okay, You lost Colin Sexton, who was at the time of the injury averaging 16 points a game through the first eight games. He averaged 24.1 last year. So you lost all that. Then you lost Ricky Rubio, who was averaging a career-high 13.5 points per game. So if you factor that in, they're missing about 30 points a game from their backcourt scoring. Darius Garland goes down, guess what? There's another 20 points and, you know, eight or nine assists. So there's a lot that they're missing. Now, there's obviously players who aren't going to fill in uh, all those points, but guys who can be a threat to fill in those points that are available ahead of the trade deadline that the Cavs are taking a strong look at. They're dangling Ricky Rubio's contract and first round pick right now, their pick would be in the twenties, maybe mid twenties with the way they've been playing. So those aren't huge losses. You don't suspect Rubio is going to come back. So those are the two things that Kobe Altman is working kind of as starting points uh, on, you know, to help facilitate a trade and bring in some more uh, backcourt or wing help some more explosiveness uh, and, and point production.
0: And um, let's take a look at um, a tweet. This one is actually from you um, about the, just the Cavs' thinking. Um, doesn't sound like they're going to trade Colin Sexton right now. It sounds like uh, they plan on moving forward and and kind of trying to keep this core together.
7: Well, as far as that opposing GM is concerned, yeah, they're not going to they're not <laughs> going to move them. Um, but that's you know everything I've heard from around the league is that. You know, they, they're getting the sense that Sexton may not be totally off limits in a trade, but that he is more or less, you know, somebody that the Cavs aren't going to just give away uh, because he's going to be a restricted free agent. They know when he comes back, uh, whether that's, you know, it sounds like it's not going to be until next season, but they know when he comes back, they will get that added scoring punch that they've been seeking. But in order to get that help this year, uh, they're going to, you know, presumably would have to give up something that they like uh, to to get that help this year and help them during their playoff push and and into the playoffs.
0: All right, this uh, trade proposal is from Bleacher Report, and it is trade proposals that will blow up the playoff race. They have the Cavs getting Deontay Murray, giving up Colin Sexton, Jetty Osman, 2021 or, or this year's pick 2022 first round pick that is unprotected and a 2024 first round pick lottery protected. What are your thoughts on that one?
7: Well, I think for, first of all, the second pick asking for that second pick, the 2024 pick is a little much, um, you know, Murray is he's not a guy who's a household name playing with a Spurs team that's struggling, but he's a fantastic player. And again, what the Cavs are seeking for, what they are going to determine, no matter who they bring in, uh, is a guy who's going to fit. How well of a fit is this guy? How you know? How much is he willing to take? Take a step back, because clearly the backcourt belongs and it's in good hands with Darius Garland. So whoever comes in is going to have to accept that regardless of how good they may be in their current situation. A guy like Murray, outstanding player, a guy who can fill it up, uh, a guy who doesn't necessarily need the basketball to be effective. I mean, he can he can get you a lot of points just off of drives and fast breaks and uh, isn't gonna dominate the ball. So yeah, I think that that's, you know, a pretty good trade proposal as much as you'd hate to give up Sexton. Everybody loves Chetty. Uh, for the most part, I, I got some complaints about him last night on Twitter, but for the most part, you know, Chetty is what he is. So you don't want to you don't want to mortgage the farm to bring somebody in. You just want to find some help and maybe a guy who's good somewhere else and would be even better once he got to this team. All right.
0: So so we, assuming that they don't uh, want to trade any of those young cores. It would be Rubio's expiring contract and draft picks. Let's take a look at these draft picks because uh, the the Cavs do have their own first round pick. They also have Houston's second round pick. They currently have the third worst uh, record. So that would be the third pick in the second round. They also have the Spurs uh, pick in the Spurs. I believe are currently the seventh. Uh, that would be the seventh pick in the first round. Remember you can't trade first-round picks in back-to-back years and, and all that good stuff. But those are the draft picks uh, that the Cavs have. We've heard that uh, the Pacers want two first-round picks for Karis LeVert, a, a guy that we've talked about being intriguing. Um, you think it's kind of a game of poker, or is it, hey, look, this this Rockets pick in the second round is just like a first-round pick. So we'll give you our first in that Rockets. That's third in the. Is that the kind of thing that uh, that's going on now with Kobe Altman and and GMs? Do you think?
7: Without a question, you start high when you're when you're the GM of the Pacers, Kevin Pritchard, a great guy. You always start high and say, "This is what we want. We're not going to budge off of it." And uh, eventually, you budge because then you realize, well, no one's really going to give us two first round picks for Karis Lavert at this point. So um yeah you 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 aim high and then you come down it's just like any other type of negotiation and that's why if you're the Cavs and kobe altman that's why you stockpile these second rounders uh as kobe altman has done over the years and and for one a lot of teams don't want their first round pick especially toward the end of the first round because when you have a first round pick that means you're guaranteeing somebody a salary for three years Whereas if you draft 31st or you know after that you're not you don't have to guarantee anybody's money you can sign your number 31 pick to whatever kind of deal you like and uh, you know a lot of times we see those second round picks get three year deals with the first year or half of the first year guaranteed and that's it so um, you know that's where those second round picks come in handy those teams who want to move out of the first round, that don't want to guarantee a salary, they will take two of your second round picks to move out. You either get their first round pick or a player or something along those lines. I do think that the Cavs will have to, and I think they'd be okay with it, trading their first rounder in 2022, whether it's to get Karis LaVert or some of these other names we've heard, Terrence Ross, Gary Harris from the Magic, any of those names, are probably going to cost you your first-round pick, and that's that's okay. I mean, the Cavs have had their fill of first-rounders these past four or five years.
0: Do you also see them adding um, a, a second guy, like almost like a you know Dennis Schroeder or someone that they can use that um, exemption, the hardship exemption that they got from Ricky Rubio as well? So maybe bring in two guys. <clears throat>
7: Yeah, they could most certainly bring in two guys. You know, they're they're kind of up against it when it comes to the salary cap. Obviously, moving Rubio uh, would would help that a little bit, at least going into next season. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, I mean, it wouldn't be a big surprise to see them bring in two guys. Now, whether that's one via trade and then, you know, either calling up somebody from the G league who's, who's had a good run there, a veteran type player. We've seen what the Indiana Pacers have done with Lance Stevenson, who was playing in the G league. You know, they brought him up. He's been a veteran presence for them. And if the calf can find somebody like that, they don't have to make a second trade. I think that they are pretty intent on making at least one deal in which they will go out and get some more backcourt scoring from a veteran proven player. But I also think that there are other routes to go, whether that's on the, you know, following the buyout market in March or uh, the G League, as I just said, a veteran in the G League or a veteran who's currently out there who hasn't been signed. We've got a whole list of them on Hoopswire by position. And there's about 50 guys who have good NBA experience that uh, potentially could be signed, you know, either to a non guaranteed deal, a 10 day deal, something along those lines. So, You know, that way you can not mortgage the farm and break up what's working and still go find help. And that's really their mission as we head into Trade Deadline Week.
0: Sam Amico from HoopsWire.com and I are going to step aside. Take a quick time out on the other side of the break. uh, Maxim Bet: the odds of LeBron James' next team. That's coming up. Sports for CLE continues talking cats.
5: Stay with us. When it comes to selling you a mattress, most retailers are handing you a line. A long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory.
0: We continue talking Cavs, uh, Maxim Betts, LeBron James, next team, and uh, the favorites at plus 300, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Heat plus 400, you see Magic Wizard plus 500, and going down uh, Suns Patriots plus 1,000. I, I would be surprised if LeBron James comes back for a third t- tour of duty with the Cavs. Uh, your thoughts on that, Sam?
7: I like the odds of him coming back to the Cavs way more than him going to the Wizards. I can say that much. Um, I, I I think that, that, yeah, that run is probably over. I know that we like to talk about it and um, you know, things have not gone well for LeBron this season or last season, even uh, in LA since winning the championship in the, in the Disney bubble. And, you know, I've heard from a lot of people that, A lot of people don't feel like that was a real title. It was more like the Walt Disney World Auxiliary Gymnasium Championship. So I I, I think it's a long shot. I think that there's a good possibility that he signs one of those uh, one day deals with the Cavs when he retires to retire as a Cavalier. But as far as coming back and contributing, seems like a real long shot.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Um, before we go, uh, Bill Fitch, uh, the first coach of the, um, uh, of the Cavaliers passed away and, um, the, the guys that, um, produced the show wanted me to share this with you. So uh, I, I got to interview Bill Fitch and it was in the, uh, it must have been the late eighties, early nineties. He was coaching either the Rockets at the time, might've still been, uh, the, um, Celtics. And, and as you know, I worked for Gib Shanley, Gib Shanley told me, got to ask him about the expansion draft. So I asked him about the expansion draft, and Bill Fitch is a hell of a storyteller. And he tells me the story of how they sent guys to different stores to get basketball cards so they could look at the back of basketball cards for the expansion draft. And and he said there was just it wasn't like I could go online and find it anywhere in nineteen seventy. It wasn't like there was, you know, a big database to find it. I'm like, so you got basketball cards? He's like, yeah, hundreds of them. And I know you've, you've had some dealings with them too, but great guy and a wonderful storyteller.
7: Wonderful storyteller had a bunch of great one liners, you know, just was seeing the, the worst of the calves when he was here and, and kept his head up. You know, the one story I remember of him all time, Dave, is when he went to an opposing arena and the security guard, this was the 1970 Caps. We started 0 and 15 and 2 and 28. And the security guard said, do you, you know, do you have your pass to get into the locker room? And Bill Fitch didn't have it. The security guard said, well, how am I supposed to know, you know, if you're the real coach? And and Bill Fitch said, why on earth would I lie about being the coach of this particular team? And the security guard said, yeah, you're right, go ahead in. uh he he had a lot of great stories and of course he he really was responsible uh for bringing the late joe tate to cleveland um from their previous relationship in illinois at the time joe tate had been working at all these small radio stations and bill fitch liked his work and said this should be our radio guy and the rest is history so yeah really really the first face uh of the cavaliers was bill fitch for sure
0: And a wonderful, wonderful guy. Sam Amico, as always, man, thanks so much for the time. Appreciate it. Look forward to it again next week. Sam Amico, make sure you read his stuff. Hoopswire.com. Thanks, Sam. All right. Thanks, Dave. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Sam Amico, Hoopswire.com. That's going to do it for this edition of uh, Sports for CLE. We'll see you again back here tomorrow at 4 o'clock. Schedule guest, the D-man, Dennis Manilov. From News Radio, WTM 1100, Ashley Bastock, Browns Beat Reporter, for The Plain Dealer and Cleveland.com. That is tomorrow at 4 o'clock on Sports with CLE. We'll see you then. Have a great night, everybody.